did not finish it last week. I won't finish at least the foundation of this text this week. But we're going to come to a certain point and just stop. Amen. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 19, 26. We are still dealing with church on fire. This is the third um, sermon of this series. <clears throat> the subtitle of what we are dealing with today, <coughs> excuse me, is the fire of true worship. The fire of true worship. Say that with me. The fire of true worship. Amen. I mean, God don't accept just any old thing. Amen. We are reading from the New American Standard. If you do not have that Bible, it is on the screen before you. Amen. And it reads as such in our hearing. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. You people say that Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshiper. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Amen. Amen. Father, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you remove me out of the way. And that, Lord, that you will speak life to us. That there will be an impartation today, Lord, of life. That as we preach, as we teach your word, that something supernatural, something incredible, that little glory and, and illumination and revelation would take place in our personal hearts and lives. Lord, speak into the dead areas of our life and cause life to come forth. Lord, speak. Lord, if you speak, something got to happen. Lord, if you speak, Lives will be changed and transformed, Lord, if you speak. Even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The conversation with the woman who had five husbands and now has got a lover that she lives with turns religious. 
she began to discuss the the uh, and talk about worship and and Jesus goes there with her as they talk about worship in her mind worship had to do with a place but in Jesus mind worship has to do with a person Religion gives you rites and ritual to, to go by, but, but, but true worship is a relationship. Jesus begins to deal with the two elements that has to be within our worship. It is without these two elements, it's really not worship. Which means that no matter what we call it, unless it has these two elements in us congregationally and personally, it's not really acceptable worship. But what he says here to the woman is, he said that the Father seeks, which means that God created us to worship. Let me say this again. God created you and I to yes, worship him. Which means then if we're not worshipers, then we're not doing what we've been created to do. It also let us know that everything else stems from, flows from our worship. You cannot serve God unless you serve him with an attitude of worship. Which says to me that, that when we come in here, there ought to be a, such an atmosphere of worship, true worship, that there's no way that we can leave out of here the same way we come in. I am of the opinion that we haven't seen anything yet. I am of the opinion that the more truth of the word that we discover, the more we enter into God's presence, and the more God meets us where we are and take us where we need to be. There is a breathing, a breathing that I believe is taking place as we sit here together. There are four areas, there's four texts that God uses to breathe, to speak about breathing. We know that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, that when he breathes into Adam, that after he forms his body, that Adam does not have life until God the Father, I believe it's the complete God here, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, does mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. God puts his mouth over Adam's nose and mouth and breathes into him. And the Bible says that Adam becomes a living soul. Notice what happened. That which is dead comes alive. Ezekiel, which is the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 37, it gives us a new New Testament illustration what God is going to do. It's that illustration that you know where bones come together. And a lot of times we get lost in that and we do not go deep enough or, or strong enough. But, but look what it says. It says, and I looked and behold, sewage were on them and flesh grew and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Listen. 
You can look like you're alive, act like you're alive, and be as dead as. Unless the Spirit of God has breathed on you, you're dead. What's wrong with the world? They dead. Why the folks act like they crazy? They dead. What do you mean dead? There's a whole lot of folks who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and spiritually speaking, they are dead. You can come to church every Sunday, but unless you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are dead. You can be morally correct and, and, and do everything you think is right, but unless you've been born again of the Spirit, you are dead. And so I prophesied. He commanded me to, 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 to prophesy. The breath came into them. He prophesied into the wind. And the Holy Spirit takes credit for <sighs> blowing onto these dead people. And they became alive. Jesus, after the resurrection in John chapter 20, after he had gotten up, he appears unto the uh, uh, disciples. They are near the Sea of Galilee, and here he is, and Jesus is reminding them what's going to take place so that life can, can enter into them. Though they've been with him under his teaching, the Holy Spirit has not And Jesus opens up his mouth and... Breathe on him. And the day of Pentecost, when the tongues of fire was over their head, it was a symbol of that, that, that breath in actuality. And they become living because they became born again. Born of the Spirit. Born of the Holy Spirit. Something has to take place. There has to be an experience with Jesus Christ. It has to become where it becomes real to you. God is not aloof from us. God is right here with us. And when you've been born again, it becomes not religion. It becomes relationship. And all of a sudden, you begin to realize he's real. Oh, he's real. Oh, he's real. Right now, he's real. In the middle of your story, he is still real. He's real. He's real. What interests me today, where, where I want to take you to, is, is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where the word of God speaks of how the word of God, how the written word came to be. It wasn't man who wrote the Bible by themselves. They did not write it of their own interpretation. They did not write it by their own wisdom. But the word of God said that the, that the Holy Ghost moved on them. Second Peter, First Peter chapter 1 said that the Holy Ghost moved on them. But here look what it says in the King James. It said it was inspired, but it's more than that. The Greek says that it was breathed. It was breathed. God, what amazes me is this. Every time God breathes on something, that which has no life now gets life. 
Listen, that means that when the word of God is being preached on Sunday morning, I believe based on these scriptures that at the word of God, when the word of God go forth and the word and the spirit gets together, that God is literally breathing. I don't think y'all ready for this. I, And even if you're alive, he still breathes more life into you. Which means then that, that when we come together, even if we have been born again, when we walk out of here, God is breathing more life into us that we walk out of here with more life than what we came That there's a spiritual dimension that is happening. There is a, there is a supernatural dynamic that is happening because the word of God is being preached. And if we come here with faith, expecting God to do something, I declare the condition that you walk in with will not be the condition you walk out with. He said, said, God is is doing something that is spiritually profitable for us. There's a breathing that is taking place. Oh, you still don't get me. Okay, let's go to John 3, 63. Gospel of John 3. Gospel of John 6, 63. Thank you. Let's, let's, Let's watch Jesus. Jesus is speaking, and he has been speaking some hard things, and folks are about ready to leave him. Matter of fact, in this text, he turns to his disciples and says, are you going to leave me too? (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. Here you have the word of life speaking words of life, and folks are getting up leaving. Y'all didn't hear that, did y'all? Here we have the word of life, speaking words of life, and folks are getting up leaving. Know that tells me? There were some folks in the house that didn't want life, so he was speaking life, and they didn't get what they was expecting, so they got up and walked out and missed out on having life. I wonder how many Sundays... We come in here not ready to receive what God has for us. And God is in the house breathing on us. But because we didn't come expecting with faith, we walked out the same way we walked in. And God was in the house breathing. Look what he says. He says, it is the Spirit who gives life. Capital, the Holy Spirit that gives life. He says, the flesh, your cardinal self, your, your emotions, the, 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 the natural self, the, the part of you that's not saved, the, the part of you, that the soul part of you, your, 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 your flesh, your emotion. He said, it profits nothing. 
He said, I, I didn't come here to tickle your ears. I didn't come here to tell you that, 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 that you're going to have ice cream and cake and a mansion and a Benz. So I came to minister to the spirit within you. And if you come expecting something less than that, notice what I said, not more than that, less than that, then you get up and walk out. I'm going to go there. I'll go there. Sometimes we're expecting the wrong thing. Amen. We're expecting Jesus to come another way. And when he doesn't come that way, we, we, we didn't see him. And he was standing right there to bless folks. And because we wasn't open to the type of blessing that he was giving, we walked out without being blessed. I think, I think, matter of fact, I know we create the atmosphere by our expectation. And if we don't, if we don't come with an expectation that, that the Lord is in the house, that the word is, is, is got something for, hold on, not just for you, for me. Uh, somebody should have shouted on that. You can't be looking at other folks when the word is being preached. You need to look at yourself and say, well, what are you saying to me? But there are some of you that do not believe. He says, he says, Jesus says, he says, knowing from the beginning who they were, go up to, let's see, did I miss it? Okay, the first prophet, nothing. The word that I speak to you. Listen what he said. The word that I speak to you, 63. Our spirit and life. So what is happening here? What is going on when, when we get together and worship? Number one, the spirit is blowing on us, and he's waiting to see who's going to If you hold your breath, he can blow on you all day. And then you got to take this thing. You got to. You got to, you got to come prepared. To, I declare, if you come prepared to breathe in, well, God breathes out. Something going to happen to you every Sunday. Second Corinthians five seventeen says that we are a new creation. It says that all things have passed away and all things have... It is talking about on the inside. Years ago when I went, when I preached a revival at Greater Liberty, when Pastor Ron Mabry was there, walked into his office and there was this picture 
that captured my imagination. It really was a picture of a statue that was in the museum. And the caption under it was, 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 was this verse. And, and in the picture, I saw, I said, that's it. That's it. Years later, I, I, I saw that picture. I said, I, I got to get that picture. There's a picture. Bring up that, that picture of that statue. Don't know how the artist made this. But what it shows is a man that is, that is coming out of. <laughs> coming out of what he used to be. And coming into what God has called him to be. Notice that he is still in the midst of transformation. Notice it looks like his upper half is on fire. <laughs> Notice that the bottom half is still great in darkness, but he is arching back with, 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 with pressure. He, he is stressing. He, he is striving. He is trying. I mean, he's engaged in this thing. He's coming out of some stuff. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. He's coming out of some stuff. His attitude is, you can't hold me no more. I got a glimpse of who I really am. And though I'm not all there yet, I'm on my way. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you seen some glory in your life yet? Have you seen some glory in your life yet that you can say to that, I thank God I'm not what I used to be. I may not be what I'm going to be, but I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Notice that the transformation isn't easy. With every muscle, with all of his strength, he is... Did you know, to either a lesser or greater degree, if you are in Christ, we all is in that? Yes, Notice that the upper part is shown what's on the inside, while the lower part is shown what's on the outside. Notice that the upper part is showing who Christ has made him to be. Notice that the lower part is showing who he used to be. Notice that he's not completely there yet. But guess what? Look how the older part is being ripped away. Don't you know that God wants to take a rip of your older part that by the time you leave here today, that it has less hold on you than it had before you came in here. And every Sunday when you come in here, another piece is being stripped yeah. off of you. Yeah. God is peeling the old you like you peel a banana. It may hurt you, but he ain't trying to kill you. He's trying to bring out of you 
what he put in you. And if you let him do it, I think. Listen to this. The flesh don't want to leave. How can I say this? If we cater to the flesh, then the flesh going to hang on a little bit more. I believe, I believe scripture teach that to the degree we allow God, notice what I said, work with God, the more like him we become. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 22, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, look at this verse. That in reference to the former matter of life. Notice what he says. Paul says, you used to act like this, but you don't act like this no more. It's what you used to be. It's what you used to do. It's the attitude you used to have. But because you're in Christ, you don't have that. He said, notice what he said. He said, lay aside. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me say. We all got an old self. <laughs> None of us is exempt from having an old self. Hold on. <laughs> Make sure that, that you are acting like the new self and not like the old self. Guess what? It's a choice. If you're on fire, the less you act like the old self. Guess what? We have a choice in this. He actually telling the Christians, lay it down, lay it aside. When you see it rising up, don't take it. It's a choice. Look what he says. He says, he says, which is being corrupted in accordance to the lust of the sin. He says but that you be renewed in the spirit of your What you don't know, you can't be. The truth you have not apprehended yet. The truth you have not received by faith yet. You can't walk in what you don't believe in yet. All the blessings of God is apprehended by faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God over and over and over. Listen, one of the reasons why we spent money to do this, because I recognize that you need to see the word of God and not just hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. I recognize that just hearing the word of God, you're just using one facet of who you are. But when you begin to hear and see it at the same time, now you begin to retain more of it. What I'm trying to do is get us to the place that I, 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 I allow you to engage the service, the sermon in such a way that you retain more than 5% of it. T 
typically in this type of setting, a person walks away with only 5 and 10%. But let me tell you, since we are fighting the devil, and, be, and before you walk out in the vestibule, somebody done rolled their eyes at you. And before you get out of here, you already done lost all that I done said. Because the devil is trying to snatch up everything, every seed that is being laid in your spirit. If you don't catch hold of it, if you, why, 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 why do you think we, we make CDs? Why do you think we got it on the iPad? We're trying every way to get you to engage so that there is no excuse for any of us to not have what we need so that when the devil comes at us, we are equipped to do battle. Let me say that again. See, I can't make you drink, but I can make sure the trough is full of something to drink. Now, whether you drink or not, that's what the illustrations are about. That's what the pictures are about. That we will etch something on your mind. That when the etch is there, when that picture comes back to your mind, you can put some scripture to it. And say, yeah, I remember that point of what he's saying. Because unless we are intentional about the word of God being planted in us, the devil comes and pick up. Listen, he said, put on the new self, which is in, listen what God has done. He has put in us the likeness of himself. It's there. It's there. Listen, you don't even have to ask. If you save, it's there. In your spirit, it's there. The Holy Spirit that rests in the, it's a, but it's pulling self out of the way and allowing Christ to shine through. On the Mount of Transfiguration, the miracle was not that Jesus shined. The miracle was that he had it covered up all that time. What happened is who he, who he really was began to shine through his humanity. You know what God's trying to do? Is allow what he has placed in us to shine through our humanity that folks get a glimpse of his glory and want what you got. Let me ask you, is there anybody being affected by the glory that's shining through you? Is there some, is there some glory? See, how can I? Let's go on. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go there. That's the next one I want to go to. No, nah, we don't have enough time. Uh, uh, so I want to get to a certain point and stop. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and 1. Hebrews 4 and 1. Here he's talking about the children of Israel, where their trip into the promised land was 11 days. 11 days. 11 days. All they had to do was just go and take what God had already said was theirs. 
It wasn't even by their own, own strength that they was going to win. It was by the power of God, but they had to face it by faith and believe that God was stronger than any opposition. And because they would not by faith grab onto it, the scripture said that they did not. That's a different verse, but that's okay. That's talk about the power of the word of God. We'll get to that later. But in Hebrews 1, what it says is that because they did not enter in by faith, they did not go. Why? Because it was not that which was preached to them was not mixed with faith. You know what that's saying to me and you? Am I catching hold to what God is saying when the word is preached? It's more than shouting. It's actually coming in with an expectation that I'm going to pick up something before I leave here. Hold on. Let me give you an illustration. If we filled this whole room with fans, an older fan, we had 20, 50, $100 bills. And I, and I mean, I mean, and I tell you, okay, this Sunday, you can walk out what you can place in your pockets. You know what happened with some of us? We would go home and make something that got a big pocket on front, big pocket in back. We'll have so many pockets on the inside, outside, upside, downside. We would be, we would be ready for next Sunday. Y'all didn't hear that. We would, we would go home and get creative about how many... We were so pockets on. <laughs> Folks that don't know how to use a sewing machine, we're actually getting out. It would be pockets on pockets, in pockets, around pockets, pockets in the pants, pockets in the shirt, pockets in the jacket. We would wear pockets. And here we come here. And God is pouring out. God wants to do even more. But he is waiting on those who are seeking him. I believe we can change the atmosphere by the expectation that we have. How can I say this? Getting ready for Sunday on Sunday isn't good enough. I think it takes preparation to get in the presence of God. I think it takes preparation that, that, that we come almost. I think there ought to be an excitement because when we get together, we know that he says he's in the midst of his church when the church gets together. So if Jesus here, if the word is here and the spirit is here, then my blessing and your blessing. 
Hold on. It may not be what I want, but it's what I need. But if we come just expecting church, then all we're going to get is church. I mean, let me just ask a question. We ought to be so sick and tired of church. We ought to be so tired, sick and tired of leaving the same way we walk in. We ought to feel so sick and tired of not feeling powerful. Do you know who my father is? See, you might walk out from work Friday, beat up, but on Monday, y'all say, do you know who my father is? Keep on messing with me and see if my, if my father won't. You know, you don't have to go there and cuss them out. Bless them and allow God to say, okay, you mess with my child. But you got to believe that God will do that for you. And we know that by faith. Wait a minute. We are moving up higher. And the higher we move, the more trouble you're going to get into. The higher the magnitude the spirit grows, the more Satan is going to release bigger demons because he don't want us to grow. But the devil is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Matthew 13. Jesus had talked about the parables. And the disciples has come to him and said, why do you talk in parables? And Jesus tells them, he said, because everybody don't want to hear. I'm not going to cast pearls before swines. And what he's saying is this, until you can appreciate what I have for you, why should I show it to you? Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Until we have an appreciation for spiritual things, why would he show us spiritual blessings? According to our appreciation is what he shows us. And if we walk in here carnal-minded, not expecting spiritual blessings, then we will walk out the same way we walked in. Amen. Yes, Lord. Let me prove it. Yes, Lord. Look what he says here. Say, so hear ye the parable of the sower. When anybody hears the word of the kingdom, which is the gospel, which is the Bible, and does not understand it, well, why don't they understand it? They ain't trying to understand it. 
they do not have an appreciation for the word of God, for the things of God. So therefore, understanding is not there. No matter how we may try to break it down, explain it, show pictures, give illustration, if your mind is not there, then it all means nothing to. Matter of fact, to the non-believer, the only thing that they can see is that they need Jesus. Amen. And I hate to say this, but we can come to church every Sunday for years and never allow the Word of God to penetrate past. Notice what it says. Now, this is what I love about God. The seed is still laying there. But it's uncovered. Hold on. As long as it's laying there, there's a chance for it to catch and begin to catch hold. The devil knows that too. And look what it says. And the evil one comes and snatches away the word. That means before you get to your car. The devil is already planning how he's going to make you forget what you thought you received. Isn't it funny that before you get in the vestibule, you don't know what I talked about? Oh, don't raise your hand. And on some days, that has happened to all of us. There is a spiritual battle that is going on every Sunday. And if you don't do whatever it takes for you to hide that truth in your spirit, if the spirit has spoken to you, then you need to write it down. You need to get the CD. You need to listen to the iPod. You need to do something to steal it away in your heart because if the devil has half a chance to steal it from you, he will. I mean, he is treacherous. And if he can't steal your salvation, he sure don't want you to grow. But in fact, he'll make you sleepy on Sunday. Every Sunday morning, especially when the word is being preached. take it personal anymore because I understand that the devil got you sleepy it's a word just for you and you're the and folks wake you up and you go back to disturbing other folks so that they can't If you got to stand up against the wall, if you got to stand up in your seat, that red, I may fall and bump myself. Well, once you bump yourself, you'll be hurting too bad to fall asleep, so you'll stay awake for the rest of it. Why? Us receiving spiritual word is that important. Look, 
evil one snatches away what has been sown in the heart. Look at says. It says this is on. And sometimes laughing makes you deal with the truth. But it's not that they're not receiving the truth. Get ready, get ready, get ready. But it's not how it's, it's receiving the truth. No matter how it takes to receive it. This is the one in whom the seed was sown beside the roadside. Let's go to the next verse. And the one whom seed was sown on rocky places, this is the man who hears the word of God and immediately have joy. Listen, you can be excited about it. Next verse. Yet has no did not do enough to get it deep. What you do once you receive it. If you don't do nothing with it. What is it saying? After Sunday morning, I need to do something Sunday afternoon. If God has spoken to me in a real way Sunday morning, as I get home, I need to do something to get it deeper in me. Because unless it get deep in the root, when troubles come, and notice that not if trouble come, when trouble come. Whenever you have stepped up to a new level, expect a new devil. Whenever you have made a deeper commitment, expect a new devil. Wherever you say, I'm going to do that, you can expect an onslaught from the devil to try you. Why? Because unless your faith is tested, it's not really faith. Oh, let me say that again. You don't know whether you have received it until you've been through the fire and still standing. You don't know how strong you are until the devil has tried to push you around and you still flat foot and say, I'm still here. Some of y'all need to shout because last week was a hard week, but you still made it. You still got your mind. You still standing. You trusted God. You made it through. And now you can say, he thought he had me. But he didn't have me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. Let's, let's get out of here. And the one whom the sea have sown among thorns. This is he who has heard the word and the worries of the world. You just got problems after problem. Somehow, we got to learn to lift our heads to the hill for with cometh our help for our help cometh from the Lord. Somehow we got to learn to run to the rock that is higher than we are. Somehow we got to learn that the Lord is our strong tower. The Lord is our fortress. Our Lord is able to do exactly what he said he's going to do. My brothers and sisters, we are in spiritual battle, and it takes everything, everything. 
You cannot be lackadaisical about your spiritual growth. Cannot be. Because if you are, the devil got a trick for you. Yes, he does. But listen, the Lord has already said we're more than conquerors. The Lord has already said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The Lord has already said, since he has overcome the world, we will overcome the world. I mean, the Lord has already said, he has already done it, it's finished. So all we have to do is trust him. It is about faith. Let's go to Mark, and then we're going to end this. Mark 4. Mark 4, 21. It says, anyone who hears and have ears, let him hear. He was saying to them, take care of what you listen to. There's a couple of ways of saying this. Number one, just don't listen to anything. And anybody. Number two, when the truth is being preached, how much expectation, how much hope, how much, how much faith? <laughs> I mean, if you come just with this much, then you walk out with. If you come with this much, if that's the expectation, and, and whether you believe it or not, we have created space in our hearts of how much we're willing to receive. We have created space in our hearts, already pre-prepared for how much we're ready to receive. Whether we know it or not, we determine how much we walk out with. Hold on. Look what it says. It says, he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By the standard, by the measure, by the amount that we give to him with expectation before we get to church. That is exactly how much we're going to walk out with. <laughs> listen, God comes with the whole kitten barrel. And if we walk out with Wait a minute. Maybe you get a bottle. That's pretty good. Maybe you get a glass. That's better. Hopefully you walking around like this. Hopefully you got two of them, three of them. Hopefully one day we get to the place, we come here with a wheelbarrow. Yeah, hopefully we come ready for overflow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That we believe he's in our midst. That we believe that God is breathing on us. That we feel the wind of the fire in the place. 
that we allow prayer and worship to set us up for what God wants to do and say to us, that we shift the atmosphere, that we get on one accord like never before, that we come sitting on the edge of our seats because we are expecting something to the place that, that what we get this Sunday so good, we can't wait till next Sunday. Hopefully, you know, we talk about it Sunday night on Monday. We still, we still bathe it in it. By Tuesday, we are anticipating Sunday. By Wednesday, we got to come get some more at prayer meeting Bible study. I mean, there's always something happening. Just come get some more if you, if you got a hunger too, if you can. But by Sunday, well, I mean, we start thinking about Sunday by Wednesday. That we start getting ready because, because we said, uh, that was uh, uh, good. I can't wait to get some more. Matter of fact, I believe next Sunday ain't going to be better than last. Listen, you got to be the type of person that if nobody else get anything, you come to get yours. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. This is one time you need to be selfish. This is one time you need to be real selfish. You know why? Because, because God got their blessing, but they got to get theirs just like you got to get yours. So make sure, make very sure you get yours because you don't know what's going to happen on Monday. So you want to make sure you get enough on Sunday to prepare you for Monday. So if the devil come at you, you can say, wait a minute, I am equipped to go through this. I know who I am. I know who my father am. I'm ready to. Well, to be honest with you, we don't know what's going to happen next week. So you best get so full of the word that when the devil come at you, he's going to be sorry that he messed with you because you got a made up mind that you're going to give God some praise in the midst of. You know your God is real. You know your God is able. Now, 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 Right now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. Let's do that again. Right now, today, right this moment. In the midst of us people, our God is able and willing to do exceedingly abundantly above. What are you talking about, preacher? He's trying to breathe on you. He's trying to breathe on you. Why don't you take in what God's trying to breathe on you? Why don't you go? Why don't you suck it up? Why don't you get some more? Why don't you breathe it in? Now, uh, now, 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 now on the hill that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, above, far above, exceedingly above, above what you can ask for, above what you can imagine. Our God is able, our God is willing to bless you, in you, through you, to you, for you. the house. We, we got an amazing God. Is there anybody in the house? 
imagination more than what you can ever imagine trust me may that come the way you want me to come just be open for me to do something I know what you need and I want to do it more than you want me to do it got to grab this. We got to take hold of it. We got to allow it to take hold of us. Do you want to talk about being on fire? Do you want to talk about glowing for the Lord? Not just growing, but glowing with a fire that is deep within. Because he placed it there. And he's bringing it out. Yes, he is. Why it hurts so bad? He's bringing it out. Why? Why is it suffering? Because he's bringing it out. Why so much crying? Because he's bringing it. Oh, why is he stripping you? Because he's bringing it out. Why does it, why, why is he crushing you? Because he's bringing that somebody may see him in you. And that your life may give God the glory. He's bringing it out of you. Because he's the one who placed it in you. Today, I don't know where you are. I don't know, maybe not know who you are, but I know you need Jesus. And the only way that God can bring out of you what he put in you is if you know Jesus.